This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Friday, everybody. We made it through another week. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hello, Biaches. Hello, sir. Um, happy Friday to you. Oh, and happy Friday to you. <laughs> um, okay, so I think we started <clears throat> the week. Well, I'm, or maybe this all started last week. We started talking about Leah Michelle. Yeah, she wanted to do do in someone's wig. Uh huh. And, and that it really someone left us speechless. And that someone, well, that someone was Samantha Ware. I was gonna say. I mean, we found a lot to talk about. We weren't exactly speechless. Oh no, that was a rhetorical <laughs> statement. Yes, but she, um, but she's not speechless. She's actually talking now. She's talking to Variety. Um, and now we know a little bit more about what prompted that initial tweet where she shared that Leah Michelle had said she wanted it, to do do in her we- in her wig. It was very um, vague, and it, of course, was a tweet, which means there was not a lot of detail, and it left us with probably more questions than answers. So it sounds like we might be getting some answers. Well, she yeah, she definitely teases out the story of like <laughs> what it was like, what it was like to work with Leah Michelle on the set of Glee. So Samantha Ware was 23 years old when she first started on Glee. I wasn't watching by the time she joined the cast. Yeah, I wasn't either. Um, did you ever watch Glee? No. Okay. Um, so she, this was sort of like years into the show yeah. that she started uh, as a cast member on the show Glee. And by then, you know, characters had been, dis- had been established and mm-hmm. Leah Michelle was kind of like the queen of the castle over there yeah and she acted like it apparently well and she and and samantha Ware basically says in this in this uh letter to variety that basically like she didn't disrespect that she understood kind of where she was in the pecking order Mm -hmm. that she was a newer cast member and that this was really leah michelle was the lead really of this show even though i think they were trying to bill it as an ensemble show don't even get me started Anyway, Samantha Ware said that she knew immediately that Leah Michelle had decided that she didn't like her. She said, quote, I knew from day one when I attempted to introduce myself, there was nothing gradual about it. As soon as she decided that she didn't like me, it was very evident. Uh, it was after I did my first performance. That's when it started. The silent treatment, the stare down, the looks, the comments under her breath, the weird passive aggressiveness. It all built up. And she goes on to tell uh, a story like she talks kind of a little bit about like what behind the scenes goes on on a show like Glee, where sometimes you're not necessarily on camera. And so they'll do like a whole shoot Mm -hmm. of a scene and you'll know 
that you're not on camera, so you won't necessarily perform your face off. Yeah. And um, that she would be sort of half acting, and Leah Michelle would get really mad at her and tell her that she was trying to steal her scene, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And she really does just paint a picture of a person who is not just doesn't just dislike somebody else, but is hell bent on trying to make her life difficult. Yeah. You know, this is an interesting, and I'm glad that she's actually telling the story behind, you know, because the like wig thing seemed kind of salacious and like grabbing headlines, right? But Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, so I'm glad she's filling in the details. And I do hope, though, that Leah Michelle will discuss this because the one thing that, you know, this, this brings up is that it's kind of like a, a she said, she said. Right. And I, while clearly this is kind of, it, it's interesting because I compare this to some of the other stories we've talked about that have nothing to do with this particular story, but is similar in a way that is, for example, the way um, men have treated women as we discussed during the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. It's still happening. Mm-hmm. But initially... Um, where people would talk about cultures behind the screen or behind the camera and on screen on set. And um, I think those are all helpful. I do think, though, that sometimes it's important to get a full picture, even if that means hearing from the person who's being talked about, even if you don't necessarily believe what that person is saying. Like, clearly, Leah Michelle is going to paint a picture that probably makes her look relatively... Um, kind mm-hmm. in a way, but I still think we're not as bad as she is made out to be. Exactly, right. exactly. But I, I still think that's important to hear because then otherwise, like at a certain point, I just worry that you get people piling on. Right. Um, this doesn't sound like she's piling on. Obviously, I'm just saying. I hope at some point, Leah Michelle, in a like neutral way, like maybe talking to somebody who has a neutral voice like a reporter or a Barbara Walters character Mm -hmm. and like somebody who can ask her tough questions and then you can judge for yourself if she's trying to wheeze a lot of things or if she's having an open and frank conversation because I bet she would have like responses to the things that Michelle was saying. Well, what was what's really interesting is that um, is that uh, Variety after talking to Samantha Ware reached out to Leah Michelle's camp. Yeah, what did she say? They declined. Oh, they declined to yeah. comment. Um, Samantha Ware said, told Variety that uh, that Leah Michelle had tried to reach out to her through a mutual connection, mm-hmm. and Samantha Ware declined to provide her personal contact information to Leah Michelle and instead asked her to contact her representative uh, who then received a personal email from Leah Michelle on June 3rd with an apology letter, which elaborated on, um, on that tweet that, or that public apology that we saw. But Samantha Ware basically was like, it was not really, it didn't really take responsibility for her behavior. Yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. Not at all. So, yeah, if you can imagine what she said to the public and she said the same kind of thing and probably through her own representative and not you, necessarily her. I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm na- naive, but why wouldn't you just pick up the phone and have a conversation with Samantha Ware? Like, well, what are you going to be out? And that's the problem is, you know, and I don't know because I wasn't there, but it sounds like Leah Michelle was attempting to make that 
build that bridge. Yeah. And Samantha Weir was like, I'm not really interested in yeah. litigating this in this way, which is her prerogative, right? Sure. Like she was the victim of this. You know, she was the one that was horribly mistreated. She tells a story about that, that same time when they were shooting a scene and um, when they cut, um, she said, Leah Michelle pointed at her and did the come here gesture. She says like how a mother does to their child. And Leah Michelle said to her, you need to come here right now. And then she felt embarrassed because this was in front of everybody. And Leah Michelle proceeded to say that she would call Ryan Murphy to come in and fire her. And imagine, like, think about that. Like, in reality now, removed from the situation, you could probably have the wherewithal to know the likelihood that Leah Michelle had the power to call Ryan Murphy and have an actual character on the show fired yeah. for no real reason yeah. is asinine. But in the moment, you but don't know that. In the moment, you don't know that, right? And so Samantha Ware said she spent weeks fearing for her job, this job that had been kind of a dream job for her. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, like, what is there to make of this? I think we just know that Leah Michelle had an episode in her life where she was a real pain in the butt. And very with. likely might still be. I mean, you know. Right. Yeah. It's, it is, uh, I will say that um, Samantha Ware is, uh, you know, it sounds like she's just wanting to kind of put this all out there and then move on with her life. Um, and Leah Michelle, who knows what she wants to do because we don't hear from her. Yeah. What was Leah Michelle even up to before this? I, you know, that's a really good question. I don't know because I haven't followed her career since Glee. Well, and then since... was she in Scream Queens too? Yeah, she was in Scream Queens. But honestly, I mean, since the passing of Cory Monteith. Yeah. Like she kind of, I know, she, what was she doing? She was doing something. Here, let me look up her IMDb. But I feel like there was just this weird sort of like she never. And you know what? Very likely. I'm curious. And maybe we'll start to hear some of this story. Maybe her attitude and personality and the way she treated people had mm-hmm. an effect on her career. Yeah. I mean, that's not beyond the realm of possibility. Yeah. Um, she was in The Little Mermaid, an immersive live to film concert experience. Whatever that she is. She played that. Ariel. Um, she was on a TV series called The Mayor from 2017 to 2018. But really beyond Glee and Scream Queens, she hasn't done much. So, who knows? I mean, and I'll be honest, I don't know that she's really going to have an easy time. Well, now, certainly, right? Like, now it's going to be even harder. Didn't she have, like, she's in a relationship, right? A weird relationship? Um, She has a fiancé. He's a businessman. Yeah, he's not in, he's not an actor. Um, And they're not married yet, but they are expecting a baby in, like, a hot minute. Okay. Yeah, Zandy Reich. Oh, no, they are married. I lied. They got married in March of 2019. So they've, they've been married a year. Um, IMDb notes that her trademark is her long, dark hair. Excuse me? That's a thing. I mean, I would think maybe her voice would have, but okay. Anyway, uh, we, we, you know, we continue to be fascinated by the little dribs and drabs that trickle. I mean, out I just, I'm here for the pooping in a wig. Pooping in the wig. Yeah. Oh, do you want to quickly hear exactly how that all went yes, down? Yes, of course I do. No That's pun the intended. Only thing I... 
That's the only thing. Please you, drop that story. Uh, she said uh, what happened was it, they were at lunch. I see what you did there. They were at lunch and they were watching as a, as a cast um, a scene that they had done. And uh, she said, I laughed when I was watching that scene. And that's when the I'm going to bleep in your wig happened. Um, she said she made that Leah Michelle made the comments so loudly that other people could hear. So she was upset. Leah Michelle was upset that Samantha Ware laughed at something in this scene. And uh, she made the comment so loudly that others could hear. And Samantha Ware said some chuckled and some gasped. It was mortifying. The whole point was for her to embarrass me. People heard her, but nobody was going to stand up to her. But she just basically was like, if I had the chance, I would bleep in your wig. How does that yeah. even... I just don't... Like, that it came so easily to her in that moment of emotion tells you that uh, much worse... It wasn't her first if, Well, yeah. First of all, it wasn't the first time. But second of all, far worse has probably come out of her mouth. Ooh. She has a catalog. Mm. Yes, yes exactly. exactly. All right. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show... Holly Roberts is going to bring us all the dirt straight from Hollywood. It's a dirt alert on My Talk 1071. This is a My Talk dirt alert. Holly Roberts has brought us all the dirt straight from Hollywood. It's a dirt alert. Mm. Hey, Hal. Dirty. I put on deodorant today, so I'm feeling confident. Couldn't tell. I know. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. I haven't been in your space. You know, the grossest part was that you said that in a sexy yeah. voice. Yeah. <laughs> but, tell. you know, the truth of it all is that I can say I'm very thankful that I work around nobody, literally in a room right? by myself for six hours a day. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about something that you can watch right now. An interesting comedy special. And I say interesting because it's totally of the immediate moment in which we live right now. So Dave Chappelle has a new Netflix special out. It debuted for free on the Netflix comedy YouTube channel late last night. The Netflix special was filmed just last week. It's called 846. I'm curious about this. I'm really curious about this because I typically really appreciate Dave Chappelle's commentary mm-hmm. on like the moments, all all moments. I am I'm, I'm struggling with the fact that it's a comedy special mm-hmm. and that it's called 846. Yeah. So 846 is in reference to the length of time that the, the knee was on the neck of George Floyd when he passed away. And uh, there is a disclaimer on this video, you know, to your point, Colleen, like, well, OK, so this special was filmed just last week using social distancing guidelines in yellow. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Springs, Ohio. So that speaks to how, you know, entertainment mm-hmm. is trying to make new content in this time. There is a disclaimer with this video. The set's 27 minutes long and it's from Dave. And it says, normally I wouldn't show you something so unrefined. I hope you understand. And then there's a link to Equal Justice Initiative. That's a nonprofit organization aimed at ending mass incarceration and racial inequality. And uh, it's founder Brian Stevenson, the central character in the movie Just Mercy. So Dave Chappelle kind of, you know, being aware that this is a pretty raw set. Mm -hmm. And... In this set, I haven't watched it. Uh, he does address the murder of George Floyd. He also addresses a number of issues surrounding that, and uh, so you can go and watch it for yourself on YouTube. I, we probably—I'll be honest—we'll probably watch it this weekend, my husband and I, um, and I'll let you know what what I learn. Yeah, yeah, what, you know what it's like. I, I'm just—it's yeah. It's hard to understand where the comedy is in this, but I also trust Dave Chappelle. He's a brilliant comedian and human. Mm-hmm. So I, I trust that he put thought toward how this was all going to be put together. And sure. Just looking through people's reactions on Twitter, it seems like they are they, liking they it. They liked it. Yeah. yeah. Because he's addressing other issues too. Uh he was talking about not being able to accept a Grammy award on the day that Kobe Bryant died. He's addressing any number of social issues as well. So, yeah, check it out. You can watch it for free on Netflix's YouTube comedy channel. I do I really quickly just wanted to say one more quick thing about um comedy in response to social issues. Like Comedy has been doing that forever. Oh, sure. Um, But you see it kind of popularized right now in an interesting way. Like, I'm thinking specifically about um, Hannah Gadsby's Nanette, which was such a wonderful, and I highly encourage people to, to watch it, a personal perspective on, I mean, it's her personal perspective using a comedic lens on a broader social issue. And um, so so comedy's been doing it forever. We're, we're seeing it differently now. Oh, and if you want to laugh your face off, Wanda Sykes comedy special. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I don't care what your politics are. If you don't think she's funny, there is a problem with you. Mm-hmm. She is hilarious. She is funny. All right, so we'll move on from that story to the Oscars. We're going to talk about the Oscars right now. Because the Oscars have announced new equity and inclusion standards that are including but not limited to expanding the Best Picture category. Now, for some time, there could be anywhere from five to ten nominees for Best Picture. It was depending on the number of votes and math. So, mm. But now it's going to be ten films, period. So every year at the Oscars, we will have ten movies that will be eligible for the Best Picture Oscar. Oh, huh, that's interesting. What's fascinating about that, or <clears throat> what will be interesting to see, is that some years there aren't ten good films. That's true. And so <laughs> this will indi- this will mean that at some point, bad movies will be nominated, and everybody will complain about it. Yeah, and that's how life is going to be from now on. <laughs> well, we've. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's not like we don't have any practice for that right. behavior. How so true that is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so just want to let everyone know in the room that Lori Laughlin is not going to be cast in The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And Andy Cohen himself is shutting down those rumors. He said it's just not true. He found out about the rumors on social media. And he said of Lori Laughlin that she's very nice and that she's going to have quite a story to tell. I don't believe it for a second, by the way. I mean, I believe that he's shooting down the rumors. But I also now believe that now that the rumors are out there, he's like, wait a second. Wait a second. Hold on a minute. That yeah. might just It'll get have to eyeballs. just be a hot second before that happens, right? She'll have to do her prison time first. Exactly. Yeah. And finally, oh, what is what is it? a dirt alert without a little Brangelina gossip exclusive Ooh. from the Daily Mail? They have new aerial photographs showing Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie's houses okay. <laughs> with their backyards having swings, slides, trampolines, and that allegedly the former couple are getting along now. So all is well in the former Jolie Pitt households. Okay. Good, Good for them. Thanks. Thank you, Holly. Well, thank the Daily Mail. Thank the Daily Mail, and thanks to Holly. Uh, when we come back, we need somebody to play our 30-second pop culture challenge. 651-641-1071. 30 seconds, five pop culture questions. If you get them all right, you win a prize. We do it every day right here on the Colleen and Bradley Show at 1230 on My Talk 1071. We are going to give you 30 seconds to answer five pop culture questions. We do it every day at 1230 on the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Train. And this is your 30 second pop culture challenge. 30 second pop culture challenge. Who's on the phone today, Colleen? I don't know. Who's on the phone today? It's Shelly. Shelly's on the line, and what is Shelly playing for? Shelly is playing for one of these. I might talk 1071 t-shirt. Lucky. Hey, Shelly, you ready to play the 30-second pop culture challenge? I'm ready. Okay, good. Timer will begin after I ask the first question. Here we go. Leah Michelle was famously ca- a cast member on what Fox musical show? Glee. Samantha on Bewitched uses what body part to practice her magic? Her nose. What is the name of the dog that lives with Garfield? Odie. What is the color of Dick Tracy's coat? Yellow. This actress was known for a sexy leg crossing scene. Sharon Stone? Yeah! Congratulations, Shelly, you won! God, she Hold did not the line, hesitate. Shelly, I gotta get your info. Stay right where you are, Shelly. Holly's gonna get all your information so you can get that T-shirt. Mm. Congratulations! Uh, she knew that that sexy leg crossing scene was Sharon Stone. What the heck movie was that from again? Basic Instinct. Basic Instinct. Girl, don't you remember? What is that movie about? Are you kidding? Did you ever see that movie? Yeah, maybe once, but a long time ago. It was about her legs opening (laughs) under the desk, and then the guy was like, whoa. No. um, (laughs) But was it like a whodunit? Yeah, it was like a, because at the end, spoiler alert. Oh. You remember what happened? No. Okay, I won't give it away. Does somebody's bunny get boiled? No, that's a different movie. That's another basic instinct. What is that movie called? That scary is, lady, Gwen, Glenn Close, on. scary lady. Okay, boiled bunny. That's the Glenn Close. Yeah, which one is that bunny one? Bunny boiler. 
Uh, oh, Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction. No, at the end of Basic Instinct. Shush, I wasn't going to tell. Okay. No, well, but you, Ice Pick, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But tell us, what what was the thrust of that? What, it was the, like a, what, the interrogation oh, scene specifically. No, so no, oh. don't the, say the thrust of the interrogation scene. <laughs> there was like a lesbian dance party. Yeah, well, Sharon Stone's character is a, a crime a, novelist, a crime novelist of the semi-erotic oh. nature. Michael Douglas is trying to solve these murders, and they get entangled with each other, so to speak, mm, and literally, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot. Doesn't of, he tie? She ties him up. Yeah. Paul Verhoeven, man, he could make a sexy scene. Gotta say. All right. Well, that was fun. Um, Let's move on to solve some mysteries right now. We do that in the form of blind items that Holly's brought for us in this segment we call Blinded by the Item. Blinded by the Item. But in that scene in particular, I remember trying to, like, see what was happening, and there was nothing. Much ado about nothing. You mean the crotch scene? Yeah. It was just, but see, it was an earlier time, Holly, when you didn't just flash your beans all over town. <laughs> like now, you know, like it's now no big you deal. just everybody beans out. <laughs> Our first celebrity gossip mystery. Thanks, Hals. This illiterate former A plus slash A list mostly movie actress who had a very short peak is at a point literally saying anything to get attention. Every few days, she tries to get the oxygen by sharing some crazy story. The crazier, the better. Huh. Former A-plus, A-list, mostly movie actress. Illiterate with a short peak. Mm-hmm. Um, Leah Michelle. <laughs> no. Why is she not acting anymore because she sucks? Or why does she not act anymore? Uh, I Have we talked doesn't. about her? She just doesn't. Yeah, actually, we have talked about her. Oh, Denise... Ditchards. No. Careful. I know. I had to think that. No, you guys, we have talked about her. And, I, you know, maybe it's just that people don't want to cast her anymore. I'm not quite sure why she isn't cast. Okay. Um, and we've talked about her recently. Come on, Colleen. Yeah, we've talked about her very recently. Um, Sharon Stone. There you go. What? Oh, my God. Uh, what are the chances? So Sharon Stone is at the point literally saying anything to get attention. So every few days, Sharon Stone tries to get the oxygen by sharing some crazy story. The crazier, the better. What, what did we share? Well, we're going to talk about it later. Oh, we are? About the um, iron and the lightning strike. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then yeah. I think a couple weeks ago, she shared a video on social media about fortifying her house and hiding in a safe room. That girl. Oh my mm. gosh! Yeah. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, hopefully she'll get a role soon. Hopefully. Another celebrity gossip mystery to solve. The disgraced actor was up to his old tricks. A couple of months ago, he cornered a room service waiter and kept offering him money for sex. When the guy refused, the actor complained to management. This is one of the actor's go-to moves. John Travolta? No. Oh. It's Sorry. Um, House of Cards. Kevin oh, Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Ish. Mm-hmm. Ish. Ishy. Ishy. Tell a story, and then I've got, I want to tell you another story. Oh, great. About him? Yeah. 
Oh, okay. Okay, so Kevin Spacey was up to his old tricks. A couple of months ago, he cornered a room service waiter and kept offering him money for sex. When the room service waiter refused, Kevin Spacey complained to management. Complaining to management is one of Kevin Spacey's go-to moves. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, one time... He complains to management because the people won't have sex with him? Mm-hmm. Well, but that's a way to, like, oh, so throw weird. off the blame, right? So, like, if you, you know, turn it, flip it around, then the guy can't come after you. That's nasty. Okay, um, tell another gross story. He is in that Jeffrey Epstein documentary because why? They were friends. They were buddies. And in fact, there was uh, one scene wherein Jeffrey Epstein had like a bunch of famous people on a yacht and Kevin Spacey was one of them. And I was like, of course he was because he is like, they're totally in like the creeper group. Well, and I think that like people who don't have any conscience around that type of behavior travel in weird packs because they normalize each other's behavior in that way. And, right? So it's not really a surprise-ish. Yeah. I can't remember. Eck. What is the actor's name? He's on Star Trek Discovery. Raph? Raph? Anthony Rapp? Oh, Anthony Rapp. Yeah. yeah. Anthony Rapp. He was the original accuser of... Yeah. yeah. So what I was going to say is, was didn't, did not he claim to be 14 when Kevin Spacey did this to him? Yes. Mm-hmm. Should it then not surprise you that mm. his bestie was... Jeffrey Epstein, who also right. had a penchant for 14-year-old oh, people. That's so gross. I think I need to watch that. How I, I It's only four episodes. But I wanted to watch something like not gross. Well, how about you watch that and then follow it with something not gross? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll see. We'll see what I can do. Well, because I can't watch it when my kids are awake. Oh, you yeah. see what I mean? Don't do it this weekend, because yeah. um, I know you're all going to be uh, together. On top of each other. Oh, wait, that didn't sound good. All of us crammed in a small space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As usual. Move on, please. <laughs> save her. <laughs> All right, here, we'll save you with this next piece of celebrity gossip mystery. This three-named actor-creator award winner, who is probably A-list, made a decision to hold off on the release of a project. He didn't do it out of kindness. He knew no one would be watching it right now, and that would affect future deals with the company. Mm, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Mm, interesting. Uh, yeah, interesting. tell us more. Yes, tell us, tell us more. all the stuff. Uh, okay. So let me fill in the blank here that Lin Manuel Miranda made a decision to hold off on the release of a project. He didn't do it out of kindness. He knew no one would be watching it right now, and that would affect future deals with the company. You mean that's just being smart, I guess? Right? It is. I, I'm thinking about him because we've been talking a lot about him recently. Um, and the show Hamilton, which is such a... I mean, we love the musical, yeah. but we've been critical behind the so, scenes. So, you know what's interesting um, to that point? Because you're right, we have talked about it. And um, I started thinking about this because I started reading that book. Remember that podcast I told you about, Uncivil? Yeah. Which, if you, just want, if you love history, it's a great podcast. It, it deals mostly with the Civil War, but it also deals with George Washington and a particular slave woman that tried to... Well, she did escape... Um, a runaway slave from George Washington. And it's a story I'd never heard of. And it it, it really is a good story. Anyway, there's a book about it. Mm-hmm. And in the reading of that book, I was like, I kind of feel like Lin-Manuel Miranda left some stuff out. Right? Now, 
I say that somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but then I went online, and it turns out there are a number of historians who have sort of like, um, who've been, you know, criticizing Hamilton for sort of whitewashing history. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a fascinating read because it does really sort of fill in details that people, um, you know, maybe don't contemplate. Right. So, yeah, to your point, and he's this, been on the brain lately. I mean, and he's not the only one who's done that, right? No, like we of course are, not. There, there, people have been leaving out the gory, awful, terrible, ugly details about people we have exalted as heroes in our history for a long time. Lin-Manuel Miranda is certainly not the only one. And honestly, like, you know, how are you going to, how are you going to go on all these weird offshoots of the story when you're writing a musical, you know, that's going to make people feel good in the end. I think he had a very specific story, but what I will say is that he based that musical off of, um, What's his name? Alexander Chernow. Hamilton. Well, no, it was Alexander Hamilton, but the author's name is oh. Chernow, and I can't think mm-hmm. of this Ron Chernow, the um, guy who wrote the uh, book about Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And that book has come under a certain amount of criticism for the way that he, um, the way that he deals with a history that is probably not that accurate when it comes to Hamilton's um, dealings with slavery. Mm-hmm. It's very go interesting. read it it's on your own if you're interested. But what I will say is. It does make you think, and I think there is nothing wrong with being critical of things that even you love. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, and it, and it's just important to be an informed consumer of whatever it is you're consuming. And one of the things I've been tasked with consuming this weekend is the Jeffrey Epstein documentary. And when we talk about Jeffrey Epstein, there's a name that continues to come up, and that name is Ghislaine Maxwell. And uh, we've got some news about her coming up after this on My Talk 1071. Okay, we have to check in on a developing story. I don't know if it's a developing story. Um, but there's a character of human that we've been paying attention to in relation to Jeffrey Epstein on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. And this human's name is, you say it, because I think you learned a different way to say her name. Ghislaine. Oh, okay. Ghislaine Maxwell. Oh, it wasn't her that had a different pronunciation then. Ghislaine Maxwell, who we know because she's connected to... Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. She's basically his mistress. In or the not Im- mistress, madam. In the immortal words of one Nancy Grace, why hasn't Jeffrey Epstein's alleged pimp been arrested? Damn. That was a headline that I saw mm. on the internet, and it's a good question. It is a good question. So Jeffrey Epstein's alleged pimp extraordinaire, Ghislaine Maxwell. Ooh, those are strong words. Well, if you knew the stories about Ghislaine Maxwell, you would agree, and that's probably the least of the words you would choose to use to describe her. Disgusting, vile, wretched, mm-hmm. gross, nasty. Mm-hmm. Those are other words I would use to describe her. Um, and this is one thing, if you do watch the Jeffrey Epstein documentary... Uh, called Filthy Rich on Netflix. It's just four episodes. You will you will hear from the words of the women involved directly um, what Ghislaine's role was. And frankly, as far as I'm concerned, okay, um, I don't want to say like one person's um, abuse is worse than another person's, but I will say I almost think Ghislaine Maxwell's role, and we can talk a little bit about what that was so you get a sense if you haven't heard or seen anything about her, 
her role actually seems worse to me in some ways than the actual abuse perpetuated by Jeffrey Epstein. What I mean by that is there's like a maniacal quality to it, uh, whereas Jeffrey's evil seems somewhat... Um, Oh, how can I describe can it? Can like, I can I say what I think you might mean? Yeah, like he was acting on an on impulse. She was calculated. Yes, there was a, a a calculation or an intentionality behind what she was doing versus. And again, it is not to say that one is worse than the other. One is different, mm-hmm. but seems more menacing or maniacal in some ways because of that calculation. Well, that, there, yeah, there was like a, a premeditation to it and a manipulation that goes a little deeper right um okay so i don't want to get hung up too much on that but to describe some of that behavior it includes but is not limited to procuring hundreds of women engaging in global sex trafficking Mm. to a degree that would make most people who are trying to get a start in international business blush right like being able to coordinate uh women to be routinely and regularly abused at the hands of Jeffrey Epstein. And then to add to that, she coached them. And not only coached them, participated. This is why I think this is so... um, And again, these are the allegations. She has said very little because she doesn't want to incriminate herself, and we can get to more on that in a minute. In fact, she's actually trying to get the court to sit on uh, a bunch of documents that will show you just how disgusting people allege she's been. Which should tell you something. Anyway, it involves, again, her setting up um, systems that allowed women to be trafficked to Jeffrey Epstein and others. But she also is accused of participating. I mean, I can't tell you how many of those individual women's stories I've read where or listened to uh, or watched where they describe her participating in the disgustingness Mm -mm. along with Jeffrey Epstein as a as a way, to, she was like the, um, and this is actually a behavior that I've seen before. Do you remember that Nexium cult? Yes. Okay. Yep. So in that Nexium cult, this was also a common behavior where, like, one woman would bring in because there's a guy, right? There's the mm-hmm. guy who's the perpetrator, and then he would have a close confidant woman who would be responsible for getting other women to feel comfortable in a situation and then let down their guard and allow themselves to be sexually assaulted with that woman present. Right. Like she's the groomer. Yeah. On his behalf. And that's why I say oh. there's almost something just extra diabolical about that because you know exactly what you're doing and you're engaging in it and you're duping right innocent victim and in her you know i yeah and i guess i don't know i think about it from the perspective of as a woman um to victimize other women in that yeah. way it's just it seems even more reprehensible it, yeah but not, i mean it's all reprehensible exactly um so anyway I don't want to get caught up in which parts of yeah, it are I know, more i know because but, but it's hard not to yeah it's hard not to and you get that sense if you watch that documentary but i also wanted to tell you really quickly about um the documents that they're trying to she's she through her lawyers are trying to prevent they're actually trying to get a, uh, a judge to keep this batch of court records under seal and um man i want these 
Like, I want to know, because in these documents, there are other witnesses and alleged victims. A lot of the victims, of course, want those documents to be unsealed because they want people to have a public accounting of what she is. Well, and they want justice. I mean, right? Exactly. Oh, she's gross. All right. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, do you have a crazy, like, once in a lifetime, can't believe it happened? story like were you struck by lightning or something like that 651-641-1071 we're going to tell you about sharon stone's story and we want to hear yours after this on my talk 1071